I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. We drink the wrong kind of water. We drink too much of it. We eat the wrong kind of food. We chronically overeat it. We overbreathe as well. So we're overdoing all these things. 20 years ago, everybody was talking about antioxidants. For the next 20 years, we're going to be talking about metabolic and mitochondrial supplements and improvements and strategies for our health. Gold is like one of those perfect elements. It has a function in the body as a catalyst. That, everyone, is Victor Sagalovsky. He's a polymath, health optimization expert, product innovator, and co-founder of Lightwater Scientific. In this episode, we talk all about the fascinating world of deuterium, how deuterium-depleted water serves our mitochondria. Uh, He talks about a survivability study of cancer patients and how they're eight times more likely to survive when they are deuterium depleted. We talk about how diet informs that. We talk about how burning fat creates metabolic water. We also talk about how important it is to know that your body is a self-healing organism. In addition, we cover the healing powers of gold. We talk about ormus and some other interesting alchemical approaches to health. One thing that I ask Victor in this episode is, who is deuterium depleted water for? Who is light water for? And he said, light water is for people who can afford to take it and for people who can't afford not to take it. You know, if someone in your family is very ill, uh, maybe they've gotten a terminal diagnosis, maybe they're uh, going through cancer uh, chemotherapy, this might be something that you really, really want to take a hard look at because it is not that common in uh, the sort of traditional allopathic approach, but it very well may be a saving grace for someone that you love. You can go to drinklightwater.com and use the code OPP to receive 10% off a subscription. One of the more fascinating aspects of this conversation is that this is really early. This is maybe 10 or 20 years ahead of where it will probably be in the future where people are understanding the importance of depleting deuterium in their body and you know the, the possible potential of deuterium depleted water or DDW serving as a health potency drink, a sports drink, because when you are metabolically healthy, when you're metabolically uh, optimal, then that affects every aspect of your life. Okay, before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to have a, just a quick disclaimer. You know, um, the ads that I read, the ad, the advertisers that I support on these podcasts are specifically curated. I get asked for sponsorship a lot, but I only do uh, sponsorship with the companies that I believe in. There is n- you're never going to hear uh, an ad from me for a company that I haven't tested, researched, and support. So when you hear an ad on the Optimal Performance Podcast, you can know that it's been checked out by me over and over to make sure that it's of the highest quality because as a service to you, not only for the free content of these podcasts, but also the discounts on these products are huge and uh, I hope that they improve your life. So enjoy. Don't skip through the ads. Just listen to them because it's good stuff in there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Victor Sagalovsky. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. 
let's dig right in. And I'm here with Victor Sagalovsky. He's the co-founder of Lightwater Scientific. Victor, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. I want to start with big questions. I'm going to grab people's attention right away. If you could please describe deuterium depleted water to an intelligent third grader, how would that sound? <laughs> That's the whole key there is an intelligent third grader. Most people haven't even got out of kindergarten. But deuterium, you have to know what, what hydrogen is, right, to get started. So if you understand the periodic table, that's where you got to start at the periodic table. And, and you got to start actually at the Big Bang because hydrogen is still 75% of the universe, right? First element created, still the most abundant element in nature. And so everything runs on hydrogen. That includes our bodies, stars, rocket ships, et cetera, et cetera. So we've established that hydrogen is really important and it's the primary element. Now there's different versions of hydrogen and one of those versions is deuterium. And the difference between regular hydrogen and deuterium is that deuterium has a neutron whereas normal hydrogen does not. Being the first element on the periodic table, it's also the simplest. It has one proton, one electron. So that's what makes it so useful for everything. It's nature loves the path of least resistance. So when you add a neutron, now you've doubled the mass of that hydrogen. And this doesn't work in our biology. We're just, biology is not meant to use that form of hydrogen, which is called deuterium. It's meant to use the protium form of hydrogen. So when this is discovered, um, this is a big revelation. This may be even probably one of the greatest biological discoveries of our age is that, is that how, how this heavier form of hydrogen known as deuterium affects our physiology, our biology. And in fact, all eukaryotic cells, anything that uses oxygen. So we have a small amount of deuterium in our atmosphere, in our water, in our food. So we make a water called light water. It's, what it is is deuterium depleted water. So this is normally you find water that's all water that you drink is about 150 parts per million of deuterium. So the ocean is 155, and certain parts in the world you have less deuterium where people live longer and have, a, a, have greater health. So the water that we create is, this one in particular, this is 5 ppm. So this is 97% reduced of what normal water that we drink is. So it's actually lighter. If you put it on a scale with normal water, it'll actually come out a little bit lighter if you have a good scale. Why? Because it's this heavy component has been reduced. And the whole point of doing this is that by drinking this over time, not one bottle, not two, but doing something like this over time, which is deuterium depletion, you actually lower the burden of deuterium in your own body because that's the problem is we have this burden of deuterium it's a fundamental cause of our aging biological aging is this accumulation of deuterium and our inability at the mitochondrial level to deal with it now we can't deal with it at all but we've evolved we've evolved with mechanisms to kind of deal with it the problem is is we're overrun so if you reduce your deuterium 
amount in your body by 20%, which is getting closer to metabolic water. See, the water that we make ourselves in our bodies and our cells is already deuterium depleted because nature's strategy is to deplete deuterium from the energy production pathways. Because if it doesn't, then those energy production pathways suffer and then we lose energy, we age, and our cells die. So what we do is lower the amount of deuterium that we're overburdened by by 20%, then we get closer to where our physiology is more comfortable. Some could say it's where we evolve to that sweet spot, get right in the pocket of 120 parts per million uh, in our body, which is way more ideal than 150 parts per million, which is what everybody's at. And some people are less, some people are more. And uh, a lot of things become revealed as soon as you start testing your body for deuterium and seeing what, what most people are, uh, you know, too high. And as you, get, as you age, it's just, it just gets worse. That's the problem is that there's a, no matter, no matter what we do in our lives, we still age, right? Everybody could agree on that. Like, okay, we're still, there's no, there's nobody, nobody has stopped aging as far as, as far as we know. Uh, so we can all agree on that. So then the question becomes, what can we do to slow it down? Because it's inevit inevitability, but what can we do to slow it down? Well, we have to understand it a little bit more, why we're aging and then analyze the things that, all the interventions that we could do that are top level interventions. And what I mean by that is, what are the things that we do where we get a net energy benefit over time? Like we eat food, we produce calories, those calories are burned essentially to keep us going, right? So that's functional energy. But what about the energy that sustains us over time? Well, as we go on, we lose energy. What, that's what aging is. It's a slow unwinding of a mortal coil where we reduce the amount of energy that we started out with, right? So we start out with a, with a uh, uh, alcohol-fueled <laughs> race car. You know, we start out with like we start out with like some serious, a serious automobile. You know, something that's something that's like uh, rocket running on rocket fuel, you know? and we and we end up later in our life. Limping, limping along in a in a in a horse-drawn carriage. You know what happened in between there, and that's mitochondria. Your mitochondria lost the energy that it needs to be fully vibrant and fully youthful, like you were when you're in your 20s or your teens. It's only a function of the mitochondria, so that's where energy comes from. So one of the interventions is to what can we do to increase net energy benefit true net energy over time. The only way you can do that is by increasing the amount of energy that your mitochondria produce, which means you increase the amount of mitochondria versus, or at least maintain it from, from getting less mitochondria as you age, because that's what happens to the cell. Start, well, a cell may start out with a certain amount of mitochondria, let's say in the thousands, tens of thousands, and then eventually as we age, that cell is reduced to a fraction tenth of what it started out with in terms of those factories that we need to make our energy that are floating inside the cell. So if we can slow down 
how much we lose mitochondria, if we can increase the mitochondria we have, and also improve their efficiency from breaking down and improve the amount of ATP that the mitochondria is producing, then we have a true net energy benefit for, for long life and, and really just energy at any age. Right? So, and that's where we've come to. That's, this is the, the science of deutonomics, which endeavors to explain how deuterium is managed in the body talks about this, talks about what happens when you reduce the deuterium from your electron transport chain and you increase what's known as proton motive force. It simply means you've got more protons, you've got more energy. So uh, this helps in everything because it's an upstream solution. So it means anything downstream from an intervention like this benefits. So what's downstream? How you utilize oxygen, what's down, what else? Inflammation, how you utilize nutrient, all this, things that uh, integrate because, because you're at a higher level of metabolic intervention. And uh, that's the, in the, 20 years ago, everybody was talking about antioxidants. I think in the, for the next 20 years, we're going to be talking about metabolic and mitochondrial supplements and improvements and strategies for our health. I think you're right about that. I think you're right that there is, at least in my mind, you know, biohacker guy doing a biohacker podcast, health optimization, you know, uh, companies. And I think it's already begun to shift. I think it's, it's, it's already become um, clearer and clearer that there is that metabolic dysfunction is is a downstream effect of other things and that you are in big 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 trouble if you are metabolically inflexible if you can't fix that you can't really fix any of the other things right you have to have that first because the energy is important the energy is everything right right today's episode is brought to you by january ai Monitoring your blood sugar levels is one of the most important secrets for losing weight and becoming metabolically healthy. And to stave off chronic diseases like pre-diabetes, which is something that one in three Americans suffer from. The January AI app and accompanying continuous glucose monitor use sophisticated AI technology to help you make decisions about what foods to eat and what foods to avoid. The January app can predict how your blood sugar will respond to foods before you've even eaten them. Simply wear a CGM and the January app will learn your body's unique response to diet and exercise. After two weeks, you won't even need to wear a monitor to see your predictive glucose curve. If you've ever wondered how a continuous glucose monitor might work for you in helping you reach your fitness goals, this is your opportunity. Go to january.ai forward slash optimal performance and get 40% off. Get 40% off. Huge, huge savings. It's such a powerful tool to know exactly which foods are going to be good for you and which foods are not. So go to january.ai forward slash optimal performance and see how glucose monitoring can help you achieve your health goals today. You know, for, for long-time listeners of this podcast, they will have heard the, the deuterium episodes that we've done before. And I think it's it's really hard for people to kind of wrap their brain around. It's the type of thing you talk about the science and deuteronomics and, and what you're studying. And I think for a lot of folks, the accessibility of, of products 
and the justification for products, why they would why they would spend money on some on on a, on a specific type of water to have an impact when they don't really know what their deuterium levels are. They- who wants to you know this this is like thirty dollars on Amazon. Who wants to spend that without knowing what the heck <laughs> why? Encourage people all the time. Don't just buy one bottle for thirty bucks. What you know? I just want to see what it does to me. Well, one bottle, uh, with the exception of some rare instances, it's not gonna it's not gonna do much, but it'll. But one bottle will uh, reduce the deuterium in your body by a half ppm to maybe one ppm. So that is something. But this is a this is something you want to do over time. And really, this is why I attempt to or offer myself to educate people on the science of this because I think it's really really important that people understand even the basics of the science of this to know what they're doing for themselves. Now, some people don't need that. Just say, does it work? Will it? make me feel better will it do something for me that it's supposed to and then they just use it right then they just go then they just commit to it but either way you have to commit to deuterium depletion as a lifestyle you can do that without drinking deuterium depleted water you can learn you can do basic uh, lifestyle hacks tell me about some of those well for one a keto diet is deuterium depletion is a deuterium depletion diet because when you burn fat especially animal fat animal nature see nature's strategy is to deplete the fats and load up the carbs so if you eat a lot of fat or keto adapted diet then the fat is already in the 120 to 130 plus ppm range so you're contributing to deuterium depletion in your body what else contributes to deuterium depletion? Well, eating less, for one. One meal a day, if you can. Maybe maybe two, but, but one big meal that's keto-adapted. Two, and then people are way over-drinking water. And quantity, are, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So the, sometimes even the more water you have, the less dehydrated you will be. Uh, or the more, sorry, the more dehydrated you will be. So it's about the water that's in your cells, right? The metabolic water in connection with the, with the bulk water, uh, extracellular water. But being hydrated properly, and now you can get hydrated by eating fat. Like if you practice dry fasting or ever read about it or know anything mm-hmm. about it, you'll know that, that for every um, kilo of fat that you burn, you produce about a liter of metabolic deuterium depleted water so you actually burn when you fast you burn fat to produce water so you get more on that keto angle drink less of the wrong water your body will become hydrated naturally it's not from drinking water that just continues to deplete you because that water is water that is not metabolic water so it's your body your your body has to do something with that water before it um, makes it of something that's useful in fact, the water that we make is water that's combusted. The water that it's it's made like you know grandma's apple pie. You need two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, and you combust those together, and you get the water that's inside our mitochondria. So the way we work is a lot different than people think. Mm-hmm. So especially when it comes to water. So uh, you could do the keto strategy: eating less, eating way less carbs. Uh, more sunlight that that makes your motors your mitochondrial motors 
spin faster, some more sunlight, red light, those types of therapies. Uh, grounding helps, helps move conductivity of energy. All these things help to maintain your natural deuterium depletion mechanisms in your cell, but those get overrun as you age. You know, it's just, it just, it's just natural that that's going to happen. So what's interesting is that you could be drinking a, a water. Let's say you're drinking, you're making your own water or drinking spring water, and, and the water is slightly better than 150, which is most cities in the country. Let's say it's about you know, 145 or 140. And, and uh, then you could test your deuterium levels. And let's say your deuterium levels come out lower than the water you're drinking. That means you're doing well. That means your body is actively participating in depleting yourself of deuterium. If it's skewed the other way, that can point that can point to a lot of health problems that somebody may have, chronic conditions they may not know how to cure or treat or address or any of that. So deuterium plays a big part in this because it's it's about how your body manages energy and how it manages your ability to acquire energy or make energy. So it's a it's it's quite exciting because I started off by saying this may be the most it's probably to me it's the most exciting biological discovery that we have because I turned fifty not too long ago and and I'm like wow that, yeah, this is great I got you know we've got we've got something to wind back the clock metabolically so that gives us time to figure out some of the other some of the other things but turning back the clock metabolically it's 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 crucial because when you need that little bit of extra energy to have it means everything, especially as we age. And it takes first thing you see as you age, it takes you longer to recover from an injury. So what if, what if that wasn't the case? What if you could recover from an injury in your forties and fifties and beyond and as, as quickly or nearly as quickly as you did when you were a teenager, mm-hmm. you go, wow, this is something interesting, right? So, we're 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 looking we're seeing that by when the body is chronically deuterium depleted into the 120 ppm range and below when you think about folks who likely have or that do have high levels of deuterium in their body what, you talked about the health risks downstream from that uh, what is it center around like inflammation or or lack of energy or lack of atp production like what is it all metabolic issues that are downstream from high levels of deuterium like maybe, what what would somebody maybe be experiencing with high levels of deuterium that they've not even maybe even thought about absolutely the energy it's all about energy and how that manifests in your body so yeah that you can you can lead not having the energy can lead to every kind of bad health condition, you know, everything that, everything in the Merck manual, you know, all those, all those things that have been named, you know, the key is you want to, you want to avert getting anything that has a name to it. It's a good once goal. it's named, then you got to go find it, you know, somebody that knows how to deal with whatever they're calling this thing, right? You want to just stay ahead of that. And, and that's what in the, in the beginning, when they started, uh, when they made this discovery, they were trying to figure out how they would measure if this had benefit because they weren't testing people's deuterium levels. It's a, 
We are. We have a lab to do that. But the instrument is complicated. It's just, it's it, 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 that took a long time to create where you can uh, create a, a lab or at least an instrument in a lab that, that uh, can, can methodically over and over tell you what your deuterium levels are. That wasn't the focus. The first focus was on seeing, well, what happens to a person's blood markers, right? They're deuterium depleted for six months to a year. You take somebody in their 40s or 50s, and uh, everybody's got some chronic health condition living in a modern Western world, especially with the Western diet and Western lifestyle and consumption and all, the, all these things that contribute to our aging and bad health. And so everybody's got, you look at, you look at a comprehensive blood panel, and I can almost guarantee you there's going to be what? One out of 100 people, one of 1,000 that are in their 40s, they're going to have green lights on every little thing in, in their optimal range. So that's what they did in the beginning. So everybody had something off. And, uh, and after six months of deuterium depletion, everything just went green for this, mm. for this test group. And that has to do with your body's ability as a self-healing organism. Yeah, I, I love I love talking about these sorts of approaches to health optimization that are uh, they're meta in their scope. You know, they they help everything, right? Sleep helps everything. Stress management helps everything. Um, you know, nutrition helps everything. And when you think about well, what's more important than my my ability to do work, my ability to create energy for myself? It's 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 that's it. That's everything. Do you think that? ancient civilizations had lower levels of deuterium depending where you live but but uh it was discovered because there was a couple of populations in siberia they were trying to figure out in the 50s why these people they're primarily living like eskimos why they had so many people over 100 like five to ten times more than anywhere else they saw in uh, soviet republics or europe they're just really long-lived people and really healthy to a lot to old age into their hundreds and they're trying to figure out why because it wasn't the food it wasn't the climate i mean they're it's, it's siberia mm -hmm. so but they finally honed in on it they had uh 20 actually 16 percent in one particular case 16 percent reduction in the deuterium and this set it this set it all off this is this when they discovered this, they started doing all the testing to see, you know, what happens when you reduce deuterium when you give it to a plant and animal versus what happens when you give deuterium to a plant and animal. And when you give deuterium, extra deuterium to a plant or animal, uh, in a case of giving somebody 30% water, which is doesn't come in nature of D2O, deuterium oxide. So 30 it looks like water, tastes like water, but in the, but on the third to fifth day, it'll kill you. You'll die because hmm. the, because deuterium doesn't spin your motors. <laughs> You're trying to keep it out. That's why it's trying to keep it out because that's the thing that in the if when you zoom down all the way in and you see what creates energy, you see this thing that's coming in about every five to seven seconds, and everything is trying to keep it out because now it now it creates a mechanical problem. Now it's too big to go in that motor. And as soon as it does, it causes it to break down, to stutter, to torque itself. No ATP is produced. Enzymes have to come in, constantly repair this thing until it just can't anymore. Just 
can no longer do it. So that's a mechanical problem. So it took 60 years, 60 plus years to go from, hey, what is this deuterium thing? Well, deuterium was discovered in 1932, realizing we even had a, another isotope of hydrogen, and even in small quantities, tiny amounts, right? 150 parts per million in water, that's nothing. That's six drops, six drops in a liter of this mm. HDO instead of H2O. So we try to remove this HDO, but it's very difficult because it's removing water from water because it's still, it's still hydrogen and oxygen. It's just a different ver version of hydrogen. So it took 60 years from realizing when you reduce deuterium, good, increase deuterium, bad, to realizing it's a mechanical problem on our ATP synthase nanomotor, among other things, but that primarily the metabolic mitochondrial problem, it's right there. And it's a mechanical issue. So we've got this mechanical issue. And yes, people in cultures that have had access, usually in the mountains, away from the hydrological cycle, have less deuterium. Then people that are always active, will have more deuterium. So yes, our ancient cultures, they were more active. They had, they really took a big importance in uh, high fat in their diet. Uh, they were moving around, they were barefoot, they were, they were, they weren't over consuming things like <laughs> drinking water nonstop and, and eating nonstop. They, so they had a more, they had a lifestyle that was more conducive to deuterium depletion. In fact, you see this in nature. Nature's strategy, you can see deuterium depletion as a strategy in nature everywhere. You see it with the whales, you see it with the birds, you see it with animals that are long-lived. You see this, how nature mitigates deuterium. You see how it puts it in, keeps it in the roots and keeps it out of the upper canopy or the dark leafy greens because it's a, it's a weight issue and it's a metabolic issue. So yeah, if we live more uh, in tune with nature, then yes, we would be, uh, our deuterium depletion pathways would look, would work even better. But because of what we know through nature, and of course, you talked about the meta, and what we know about the things that, that we've learned, the pieces of the puzzle that we've put together in, in concert with observing nature, we've got something that's phenomenal. I mean, we're really set to evolve here as a species. And and we need deuterium depletion as a species because of all this talk about going to the moon and planets, Mars, et cetera, et cetera. You can't live up there with, unless you're deuterium depleted. You last a year on Mars without being deuterium depleted. I wrote an article about this. It's like, this is what you got to look at. You can simulate their environment all day, all day long uh, in, a, in a bubble, you know, and you can, you can make it look like Mars, but, but you, know, you better simulate having uh, five times more deuterium as well. You see how, see how well you fare after uh, six months of uh, consuming deuterium uh, enriched water. Hmm. So this is a, uh, this is something really new. It's something very exciting. You can, you can jump into it. You can, you can take caution. You know, we don't have a lot of water for everybody anyway. So it's really people that are drawn to it to uh, experiment with it or, really use it as a as a therapeutic for now what they're using as a therapeutic is not the water because the water just does one thing it allows your body to dump a little bit of this heavy hydrogen out so you deplete your own body your your levels in your own body 
go down. And that's, that's the goal. I used to fast a lot, really not really understanding what the, what the, uh, uh, the root core purpose of it is. And come to find out is to create that net energy benefit by depleting deuterium. You, there's no other way that without drinking deuterium depleted water, there's no other way that your deuterium level will decrease except through fasting. I, maybe someone could tell me something else. Maybe you could eat nothing but fat. <laughs> nothing but fat for like a month and sure, that will do it too. But it's the same thing. It's a hydrogen exchange strategy. And so this is a hydrogen exchange strategy as well. This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. This stuff is a game changer. You see, you might be dialed in with sleep and nutrition and stress management and exercise, but all of that hard work might be undermined by underperforming hormone levels. And there is a non-synthetic way to boost your natural growth hormone. This is an incredible product that I absolutely love. And you can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. If you're a male, especially over the age of 35, there's a really good chance that you're not creating enough growth hormone to support all of those other good lifestyle behaviors. And what BioPro Plus is, is a non-synthetic formula that you take in a sublingual little vial underneath the tongue once in the morning. And if you get the Cortisleep product, you take it at night. And what it does is, well, for me, it's supercharged my attitude. It's helped my mood. It's helped me put on lots of lean muscle mass. It's helped my libido. And it's also improved my ability to focus and have energy throughout the day so I can do all the fun things that I love to do. BioPro Plus is a unique product that includes deer antler velvet and amino acids and growth factors. You got to check it out. Again, go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. This product is a game changer, believe me. Well, I think I think a lot of folks in the keto, carnivore, OMAD space community who are trying to live a more, you know, ancestral life, just a, a, a they feel the difference. It's like, it, it, we're still trying to, I'm, I myself am still trying to get through to people that when you eat less, you actually gain energy. You should experiment with skipping breakfast because for the first one or two days, it's like, well, I'm hungry and I, but you've just have loved yourself into just wanting food first thing in the morning. But when you experiment with that, you skip breakfast, then you start to skip lunch and maybe you're doing an 18, six sort of fasting and, and refeeding schedule. You actually notice that you have more energy. You're leaner, you're clearer, oh, your skin. I mean, the downstream effect or the sort of implied effect of that is that you're allowing yourself to dump this extra deuterium that you've been accumulating over the years. It just, it just makes sense. But do, do yeah, you think, you know what, even if you don't do deuterium depletion as a strategy long-term and you do practice fasting, break a three or five day fast with, uh, with DDW, it's a ball game. Speak to that. Do you have examples of, of breaking a three or five day fast with? I did a five day dry fast. So no, no water or food. And, uh, and I broke it with a DDW. So that was and and then what? Did you like go run a marathon or do all the yard work or? <laughs> I've always I've got I've got plenty of energy. You know I I'm I'm very practical in how it's used, uh, meaning that my lifestyle demands it. Flying around everywhere and just working nonstop and doing things 
physically and non-physically, mentally, and just just trying to feel good. You know, you, the, the goal is to feel good all the time, right? Like you can't lie to yourself. You know? Like, do you feel good? Can you can you be honest? You know, I'm I'm honest. I feel great, and and I put myself on a very rigorous schedule, and uh, I like that. It's I strive on that, and because uh, uh, I have the energy for it. So it doesn't. When you have the energy for things, it doesn't stress you out. It stresses us out. It's like, oh my, you know, because you're inside. You know, it's like I don't have the energy to do this. I'm scared. But if you do have the energy to do it, everything is possible. So. Mm -hmm. Usable energy is important. I, I ran marathon earlier in life, and, uh, and I did a lot of things. I was very, very um, many triathlons. All that I was biking, running, swimming all the time. But uh, uh, I did it. So the point is, can I do it? Can I do it again? Yes, I can. And uh, sometimes I do, but it's not a lifestyle anymore. Like when I was in my twenties, because I did, I did it. But uh, I, I think for me. In my 20s, just to back up a little bit, the I was I was like suboptimal and pretty much sick throughout my teenage years. Mm. So when I figured when I figured things out, uh, got you know got a little more adept at at uh, human biology and how it applies to myself. By my 20s, I had like a renaissance of doing all these things I wanted to do as a teenager, you know, like athletics. And it was 10 years later, but I was still able to keep up and, and perform at that level because I missed out on that uh, when I was a teenager. I didn't know why. So when I finally fixed myself, so I, and I've been, so now, you know, fast forward 20 years, I'm 50, there's really not much diminished physical capacity at all. And a lot of that is deuterium depletion because I noticed, even though I was healthy into my late 40s, the that healing window started increasing you know when you get injured and that healing window keeps going up and now my healing window is like i was when i was a teenager mm. if i injure myself it heals very quickly and this is the promise of deuterium depletion in your body this is the long-term promises is a mitochondrial it's a mitochondrial thing and this is this is new in history this is nobody has had Nobody's had super deuterium depleted water before. When it comes to top level biohacks, this is it. This is this is new. This hasn't existed before. So what will it do for us in the future? Well, the science science, you know, informs us of many things, but so does actually doing it. You know, and and I think as you're if you're older and sicker, the the the, the quicker you feel it. Uh, but even but even for athletic performance, that's now I'm looking at it. Okay, what what can how can we move the needle there? Because as soon as you, as soon as you increase the amount of proton motive force, you increase the amount of energy you can use in an, in a aerobic or even anaerobic activity. So uh, there's going to be some potential for, for, uh, uh, for using this in a athletic, from an athletic benefit. But, but in terms of, uh, people ask. I tried to figure out how to answer this question for a long time. People say, well, who uses, who drinks light water? Uh, and so the answer I came up with is everybody that can afford to drink it and everybody who can't afford not to. There's a great book out there. Uh, there's a scientist. He wrote two books, actually. Uh, you could look him up. Dr. Shumlai. He's a Hungarian. He has a, he has a competing DDW brand com uh, comparative to ours. But he's been doing he's been doing research for twenty plus years 
in uh, his specifically oncology, cancer is his specialty as a doctor, uh, and he was using deuterium depletion as an adjuvant for people. And, uh, and uh, the conclusion of his books is that, and this is over 3,000 case studies now, survivability of a person with cancer when they're deuterium depleted was 8x and more. His research, so this, uh, his new book is out this year. It was a kind of, he wrote a book 20 years ago on his initial research, and now he's updated it after 20 years. I, I would show it to you, but I don't have it here with me. That's the, good. Yeah, it's, it's like you want to talk about clinical, uh, you know, some clinical studies. This is over 20 years of research. So this hasn't been done in the U.S. yet. Uh, plus, we want to keep the focus the deuterium depletion, obviously the water is the way that you get there quicker or get to levels you would, would just be impossible to get to. Uh, not entirely. If you go to Antarctica, you know what the deuterium level is there? 89 parts per million. It's incredible. So every, people that go live there for six months at a time, they have, they, they don't know why, but they have like, uh, they have little health miracles that happen there. You know, things go aches, pains go away. They don't, they don't realize why yet. Maybe some of them do, but it's because the water they're drinking there is deuterium depleted. Is it melted ice though? It's not like, I mean, like where, where are they getting this water? That's the water that it's like, it, it's like, that's what the planet was 80 million years ago. Mm. And that just locked up. <laughs> and that's what it's, that's so it's a time capsule of what sure. it's like back in so yeah they're getting it everywhere i mean uh a little inland and it's 80 if you if you drill down to lake vostok which is the one of those lakes that's miles beneath antarctica it's very interesting because it's there's some heat source so it's like in 60 degrees it's an ancient lake and they got samples from there and that was 85 parts per million so this is a time capsule of what our planet used to be like and then, mm. so you start looking at this and go does that explain why dinosaurs were so big? Why plants were so big? Is it? Is it? It's it's deuterium. Deuterium make things things grow slower. They'll won't reach maturity as fast. So we're we've actually shrunk down as as animals on this planet. We were massive before, and this can be argued. Humans were a lot bigger than we are now too. So we've just been shrinking down. And this is is this correlative to the fact that our Deuterium levels have been slowly, incrementally increasing, especially in the last hundred thousand years. So, these are these are the questions that, and these are really great questions and so important because what we what we have here is something that, yes, right now today it's expensive because it's hard to it's hard to remove it, but in the future it's something that will not be as expensive. And so, can you imagine drinking? water that's 20% lower in deuterium is a strategy over a decade or two decades. The, what that saves you a long period of time like that is huge. It's huge. Like we're, we're in, we live in Fadsville, right? We try something, then we move to the next fad, this fad, that fad. But think about a long-term fad, long-term. Do this for 10 years, 15 years. The, the, and so you see this when you go to places where people are Let's say they have 100, instead of 150 ppm coming out of their tap, because it'll be the same thing out of your RO or your distiller or your spring. Instead of 150, 
let's say you've got 139 coming out of your tap. What does that do to a person or a family or a population over a period of a decade or two? And you could go to those places in the United States and you'll see that they have uh, less disease, longer lifespan, they're more outdoorsy, they have plenty of energy, or more so. And this has been statistically correlated and shown in various studies. Uh, because there are places in the U.S. that have 10 to 15 percent lower deuterium than other places. So yeah, so this is a uh, this is exciting because it's it's looking at what type of water your body wants and what and what is the deuterium level of the water inside your body. So mm. you come to find out, it's 50 to 70 percent less than what you're putting in. So when I found out about that I I said stop everything we got to look at this stop everything this is the number one thing to look at it took took 15 years to get to a point where we could have a small but rather large by water plant standards facility to produce a modicum of water for a small community of people that want to experience what deuterium depletion is like so that took 15 years that took a lot like i said it took 60 years from realizing this is really important to understanding why or how it works or how deuterium is damaged and, and once you bring up the mechanical problem you can't argue against it yeah it's like, it's, it's like can you run on three tires can you run on three wheels? yeah technically you can you're not going to get very far and it won't be very fun if you're missing a, if you're missing a wheel or a tire on your car so it's a mechanical issue so now we can get into the nitty-gritty like we've we've gotten to some understanding we you know like uh isaac newton said if i've if i have if i've seen further it's because i stand on the shoulders of giants and that's where we are today this episode is brought to you by the Spartan Race. You know, I have always admired the people that I've seen online, social media, who go out and do these sorts of obstacle course races because I've never done one. And so I'm doing one. And I invite you to come along with me. On August 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seattle Spartan Race. And I would love for you to meet me there. Uh, I've started my training already. And I'm really looking forward to pushing myself. You see, I hate running. Even though I was a college athlete, I hate running. And the idea of pushing myself to this level to do something hard with this massive reward of completion is something that I'm really excited to try. And Spartan has given me a bunch of free tickets to give away. All you've got to do is film a short video of yourself training for the Spartan race and then Use hashtag Spartan Training and that will get you a free ticket. You can tag me too at Real Sean McCormick. Just post a picture or a video of yourself training for the Spartan Race. Use hashtag Spartan Training and you'll get a free ticket. It's super simple, super easy. I mean, you can't beat that offer. I would love to meet some of the, my local Pacific Northwest friends and listeners of this podcast. And I'm also getting my kids involved. So, Hopefully, I will see you at the Spartan Race in August. Well, I like the idea of deuterium-depleted water as being a sports drink, uh, a health elixir. I mean, it's not an elixir, but a, a, a beverage for vitality and energy and expedited healing. And it's something that I, 
I certainly pay a lot of attention to. I haven't, I haven't, we haven't drank tap water at my house for probably 15 years. You know, it's been either spring gathered and now we're on a well with, with RO and, and remineralization. It's just something that I, that I pay a lot of attention to and, and still people think it's a good idea to drink tons and tons and tons of tap water. And now we know what's in the tap water. Not only is it, forget about the deuterium, there's other things in the tap water that aren't, that aren't conducive to our long-term health. Yeah. And, and, and and I think it's just a slow learning curve and, and I like the idea of who's this for it's for people that can't afford it. And for those who can't afford not to, you know, if this is the thing you haven't tried, if you hadn't considered your your ATP production, if you hadn't thought about the quality of water that's in your body and the quality of water that you consume as, as a fundamental part of your sort of health strategy, uh, I think, I think that's really encouraging. I, I want to go, I want to go off and meander into some other stuff, you know, uh, a, a couple of, uh, you know, anytime I see the word alchemy, I get excited. Um, not only because uh, I'm just into this stuff, but the idea of understanding different elements, different minerals that that can enhance the body. Um, and so I want to talk about gold a little bit. Oh, sure. What what can you what can you tell the listeners about uh, the health benefits of gold? How much time do you have? <laughs> Again, if it's a maybe start with the th- uh, an explanation. Well, let's go to the ed- let's go to the etymology of uh, alchemy because there's different definitions of where the word alchemy comes from. And one of them is, uh, goes to the ancient Chinese, al-kim-ye, and the kim-ye, and then later the al, which is a definite article with, placed on it uh, by Western languages. So uh, al-kim-ye means the gold juice. What they were trying to, endeavoring to figure out was, well, they knew gold was good for you, but not gold as a, metal meaning meaning in a metallic form where it's a lot of gold atoms strongly adhered together uh but something very small which is a single atom of gold well why it's a problem to get that is your body can't break it down right you need aqua regia you need nitric acid and hydrochloric acid to break down, dissolve gold, our, our gut makes hydrochloric acid. So it's nothing you can do internally. So if you want something that you've recognized may have some biological benefit, in this case gold, you have to create it externally. And that's where alchemy comes from. It's about creating something externally uh, because we're unable to break it down internally. But if we can get it to a point where it's usable, bioavailable by the body, then that's what alchemy is. So it's so very, it's, it's very controversial because it has to do around making the inorganic organic. So in, 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 that, in, that, in that sense, it's an art and it's, a, and it's many times misunderstood. But gold has an incredible uh, history in uh, folklore, medicine. I wrote a little booklet about it. It's uh, called In Search of the, uh, it's a catalyst of radiant health, actually. And uh, gold, catalyst of radiant health, and uh, it's a it's a little booklet where I chronicle my own journey through the alchemy of reducing gold to to its uh, alchemical form, and also everything I found on it 
in history, its use in medicine and, and uh, many traditions from around the world using it uh, for healing benefit, going, going all the way back. And why? Why gold? Well, that's, this is the part that's so interesting. Gold is like one of those perfect elements, and it has a function in the body as a catalyst. Uh, but it doesn't work unless you reduce it to something where it no longer resembles the metallic form of gold that it originally started as. That's a little preview because it was a very, very long conversation. But it's, it's, like, it's like our potential where gold is it's impervious uh, to things like we strive to be impervious. It's also very strong. Uh, but it's also quite malleable, too. You can shape it very easily. So it, it, it has a lot of human qualities. The other thing about it, what's interesting, is that it's the only metal the body will not reject, meaning that uh, your body, when it's exposed to gold, even in metallic form, it doesn't have an inflammatory response. That's why we hmm. use it in, uh, in medicine you know, and implants. It recognizes it as native, as its, as its own. So gold is quite interesting. The, the alchemy of gold, getting to the point where you can reduce it down to a, uh, into the into uh, the angstrom length or even down into colloidal form, which is nanometers thick, and you could use it for many health benefits. And um, they, they go from the basic and mundane health benefits all the way to, to uh, esoteric spiritual benefits. So this is a long, long conversation. But it's, I'll, I, will say, I will say this. You look at the USRDA for things. USRDA for iron, for copper, for other elements, zinc. There's no USRDA for gold, and that's a mistake. A mistake, and a specific type of gold, even colloidal gold, which is still metallic, has incredible benefit, and uh, even has been used in medicine for over a century. So um, it's a powerful thing. I became interested in it from the uh, esoteric spiritual side and learned the chemistry of it, studied with some incredible people, had a little think tank going. Uh, and we figured something out. We figured out what the alchemists were doing in the past to reduce this and how, how to do it. And, uh, and really, we shortened the amount of time it takes to do it, too, and we're able to quantify it. We, we, we did it all in terms of gold. We highly specialized in the reduction of gold down to its monatomic or Cooper paired state, and also all the states of colloidal gold as well. And the only reason we would do this was, again, uh, not we're any smarter than them or, or more adept. We just have better tools to work with. We know mm -hmm. what the role of something is. We have better scales. We have, pure, we have pure ingredients, pure lab chemicals. So we could actually make incredible leaps now, like we're doing with DDW. We can make incredible leaps leaps in what in what the ancients were so preoccupied with and that's where you look you were talking about ancestral diet ancestral food i love looking at old stories and what our ancestors were doing because they had a lot less and figured out a lot more so hmm. they didn't get to go to the emergency room they didn't get to uh, eat food shipped in from all over the world you know they were a lot simpler but they got a lot farther with it so that is very interesting to me so when it so when in our history there's all these preparations and medicines that require gold 
you start looking at this and go, okay, what can I, what can I figure out here? What, why is this important? You know, what did they know that we don't know or that we've let go of or that we've abandoned or that we've, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes our civilization is nothing more than stepping over dollars to get the dimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we've been doing a lot. So let's, let's revisit some of these things that we've, that we've overlooked that have just been shouting at us from, from the history books and from our own, from our own innate knowledge, you know, our, our collective unconscious. So uh, gold to me was one of those things that I learned about in the 90s. And then I, another one of those DDW type things, stop everything. I want to know what this does. Is this going to help me live longer? That was my primary question. Sure. I, is this going to let me live longer, happier, healthier, more abundant? And, and is it something that can be used uh, for everybody? So that's why I got interested in those things, because I want, I want the ultimate cheat, because they, our ancestors figured out the human manual, and they figured out some things work better than others, and so there are little hacks, little cheats, but, they're, but they're, they come to you when you start looking at how the body's a self-healing organism and how you want to copy, observe and copy and be inspired by nature. And then we maybe can unleash this organic meta world where, where, uh, where we create, where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. Which is like things like this, like the hyperbaric chamber I have here, right? And this is, people think, oh, hyperbarics is so new and not true. It's been around since the 1600s. <laughs> it just has a, it just, you know, has an interesting history with, uh, with uh, um, people that know about it and use it, but it dates back at least 400 years. As a, and in this century, it's, I mean, we, they had five-story buildings that were like, it looked like an Epcot center of, uh, in the 20s of hyperbarics as advanced or even more advanced than we have now. It just took a look. It just, we're at a point where we can get to things faster. Like we, everything in our world is faster. So we have to, we have a extra responsibility to not abuse this and to, to use this as a tool to help us slow down. Cause that's what we're, that's what we need to do. Our as our world moves faster, we need to move slower. Mm, yeah. So even in alchemy, it's quite poetic, but it applies to meditation, it applies to life. In order to create the monatomic element of gold, in order, you have to slow down and you have to stop all that activity, all that you have to come to a place of rest. So only in that state of pure rest do those bonds loosen and dissolve. Otherwise, can't do it. Everything is always in motion. So you have to get to the path of least resistance, get to that point of stillness. And only in that moment of stillness will those bonds release. Hmm. Bonds of our mind, same thing with gold alchemy, same thing for anything. So we're trying to slow down and create more space, (laughs) more space in our body, more space in the spine, more space between the breaths, more space in our mind to absorb all this incredible knowledge and information that's coming at us at light speed the novelty factor is intense we've we've, there's very little habit now and it's all novelty coming at us new things to absorb and learn so the universe is 
giving us these tools right now and saying, look, you're being asked to evolve spiritually and physically. So we're going to put into your consciousness some of these advanced tools that you didn't have before. Here's one, DDW. And I love being a futurist because it's so empowering and optimistic. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a real futurist, it's very optimistic because we have the ability to solve the problems that generations before us created. And they only created these problems not because they didn't know, it's because they, they had the ability, the mental ability, they just didn't have the consciousness. They just didn't sure. care. Yeah. <laughs> so now we can raise our consciousness as we raise our energy. So they're, 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 they're to, they, they raise together, right? For you. Because you can't have a lot of consciousness if you're in this mineral state where you're just trying to survive. Very esoteric idea, this, that mineral state, the mind, mind before matter idea. That what you just said, you gotta have the you gotta have the energy in order to elevate is something that I've been harping on for a long time now. What's all this biohacking for, right? Why why do I why do I want to look younger and operate at a higher level? Why do I want to be be able to get more things done? you know, enhance my cognition, you know, slow aging. It's like, what's this all for? Well, this is all for us to be able to do better work. This is all for us to be able to uh, elevate our consciousness and to help each other and to exactly. chart a course, right? Exactly. Like if you don't have any gas in the tank, you're not going anywhere. You can't. And here's how you elevate our consciousness, right? Here's the final, here's the product that shows that your consciousness as a species has been elevated. Because we do all these things, and they take a lot of energy. We fly to a conference. We eat really good food that's imported from all over the world. We have a refrigerator, freezer. We drive an automobile. We do all these things that, that take 60 times more energy than we produce. So as soon as you can make an impact on that one, that raised that if that would have raised your consciousness that will raise our consciousness because if you're producing 50 or 60 watts because you want to talk about ancestral lifestyle these people were not 60 times they didn't use 60 times more energy than they produced they didn't consume 60 times more they didn't consume 600 watts or 6000 watts continuously while only putting out 60 Hmm. you know they 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 use their calories effectively right we use our calories very poorly right so that's uh that's in that's lifting your consciousness because it's showing it's showing you and your and your your peers and your community and your planet and your everything where your energy goes right that that's my interpretation or at least my preference of, of futurism too is that how, how can we how can we build off of what we know to be true of how what got us here right what yeah. how did we survive how did we live how did we eat where did we live uh how do we use that knowledge and pair it with the technological advancements so that we're they're both they're both elevating at the same time toward more output, more service, more value, more energy, more love, rather than, uh, right. you know, sitting in front of the television and in, in a fear-based 
state, you know, giving away your loosh to the next, you know, media conglomeration. Yeah, I, I that's well, as, a, as, a, as a species, we're headed for a singularity. And that singularity is the holy grail that we've all been looking for, which is the ability to have no decay and spin, which in the external world looks like a room temperature superconductor, but it looks the same way on the inside. When you, when you retard or decay uh, or stop the decay of spin, then you have superconducting. That, that, that's what immortality is, right? Something that doesn't wind down to ultimately get into rest, but does that at will. And so, and so this decay of spin is what keeps us hungry. It's what, it's what, it's what keeps us dependent on, a, on these forms of unsustainable energy production because we, we just need to turn on the old brain here <laughs> and say energy exists everywhere and exists in the vacuum of space, exists in the ether. We're just gonna, we're just gonna pull it up, pull it down and we're gonna, we're gonna use the full capacity of what we have to no longer get in this situation where we are consuming way more than we produce because our brains have the capacity, the mental acuity and the mental capacity that we have, you, uh, it's mind boggling. To create a supercomputer that would equal like one one hundredth of a, of a human brain, you'd have to, you'd have to you'd, it would take up a city block and, and even if it doesn't, even if it takes up a 40 foot truck, the amount of cooling that you would need for that. And yet, you know, we try to maintain a cool head, right? That's, a, that's, right. A, that's a, that's a, uh, what we say is cool head main thing, right? And we cool this thing down. That's a supercomputer and it's got the answers to everything. It's got the answers to sustainability, free electricity, immortality. It's got it all. And we just got it. We got to turn it on, and it means it's like it doesn't it doesn't work without this, you know. So mm. we got to figure out how these things, and you got to turn it on as a species too. And then yeah, and they do that incrementally because look at the evolution. We've had so much more time in the limbic brain and the reptile brain, right? And 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 then very little time in you know the the, the uh, frontal lobes. You know, if, when you look at just how much time frontal lobes have existed on the planet versus just the reptilian brain. So we have a lot of slow catch up to do, but we got to do it quickly because we have to really supersede our ability to make mistakes because that's what that's, that's the history of humanity is just one big mistake after the other, but then aha moments here and there because yeah. nothing was invented by like, like, Oh, I, I, I knew I was going for that. And I, it's more right. like, what, what's this? You know, it's a, it's a cherry on top. It's an accident. We're, we're a series of happy accidents. And, uh, and so we have to take advantage of this because we, we have that, we have that ability to, to con to have, to, to create a better world for the, for the planet. That's why we were put here, right? Not to, we're, we're, we're put here to mind others, to take, to like, you know, a, a turtles on its shell, you know, turn it over, you know, like, <laughs> hey, that guy, the human, that's what he's here for. But instead, we're just trying to figure out how to, you know, we're clamoring for energy because the be beginning of humanity is all about in a fight for resources. Cain killed Abel. What's that all have to do? What is that? What is that symbol of? Well, a symbol of control of dominance and, and energy, calories, agriculture. It's always been a it's always been a a, a battle for for energy because that's the mitochondria has made this deal 
1.45 billion years ago with the, with the rest of your cell and said, you give me energy and I'll give you water and I'll give you ATP so you can grow into more complex organisms, more and more and more complex organisms like we are today. That didn't come overnight. That took billions of years of evolution. So now, we, now, we're, at this, now we're at this quantum leap. We're here at the, we're here at the, at the beginning of this, of this giant leap that we're about to take. And so we're getting all these tools come down to us now that, that uh, you can't ignore them. Yeah. And some of them are ancient and some of them are, you know, giant hyperbaric tubes behind you. There's so many tools that we can tap well, into. The, the, the hyperbaric is, what is it doing? It's trying to replicate an ancient time. You had slightly more, when you had slightly, uh, what, a little more oxygen on the planet? Certainly. You also had a different atmosphere. You, in those times, you had a, the atmosphere was thicker, so you had more hyperbaric pressure. Maybe, maybe in order to increase our lifespan, it would be better that we are at 1.1 or 1.2 atmospheres over time, one generation, two generation, enough so that that contributes to our longevity. And so we look at what happened in the past, and sure enough. Our atmosphere during that dinosaur time when things grew so big uh, we had a slightly more pressure in our in our atmosphere still slightly more oxygen and more carbon dioxide so here's what we do know just to loop it all around is we drink the wrong kind of water we drink too much of it we eat the wrong kind of food we chronically overeat it and we overbreathe as well that's another problem. So we're overdoing all these things. And, uh, and now the, the, the greater wisdom prevails because of people that share real knowledge like you and other people that are talking about these things, reasoning these things through, really, and then bringing out and then making them, making the information available to others, saying, well, hey, look, look at this. This is, this is something that maybe it didn't come down in a textbook, you know, maybe only a part of it did, but this is something yeah. that we should all look at because, because we learn through, we learn through observation. We see what is this person doing or what is this animal doing? And can I copy this for my own benefit, right? The sincerest form of clarity, right? I know that we're kind of getting on in time. I have a final fill in the blank question, and then I have a preamble to that question, but I don't want to quit this conversation without at least touching on Ormus. I've been fascinated by it. It's come up in textbooks. I've gone down the rabbit holes online to try to understand what it is or what its uses are. You know, I've read a lot of Steiner. You know, I try to, I'm learning about. You, can I give you a uh, elevator pitch? Please. Because the word Ormus, it's an acronym for Orbally Rearranged metal under study, also ORMES, orbitally re rearranged monatomic element or M state element. And what is re what does atomically rearranged mean? Well, in terms of gold, it has a electrons, right? They're all spinning like planets spin around a sun. So you have a thirteenth one. It's called a valence shell. This is what it allows it to bond with all other atoms of. Uh, of gold or any other metal or whatever it may be. It's, a, it's those electrons pair. And so you've got 
this valence shell and when you make something into ormus, you take that valence shell and you suck it in, you pull it into a lower orbit. So now it's no longer available to bond in the traditional chemical bond way to another element, another atom of another element. So it's very much like when you see a ice skater uh, and you see her spin and then she tucks in and she spins faster. So by pulling that valence shell into a lower orbit, you actually increase the vibration of that element as well. And so this, this starts the class enormous alone. They say this has been proven that when we die, 21 grams disappears instantly. Where does it go? Just instant. Hmm. That 21 grams is that spirit matter, that ormus that we have hmm. in our brain. And that's that, it exists in, and I've seen this in the lab, it exists uh, in like two dimensions at once. It exists in, exists in our temporal dimension here, and then somewhere else is where, well, and this gets into the esoteric part of it, that it's non, not 100% local. Mm. So, so that's fascinating because we also exist in another dimension. Yeah. That's our, that's our hunger for the divine. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be preoccupied with God if we didn't have, uh, we didn't have pre-existing knowledge. You know? mm -hmm. So something, you know, we wouldn't ask a question if we didn't have a, experienced something akin to uh, what stimulated that what stimulated you to answer that, to ask that question in the first place. Yeah. You have to have some a priori event that even made you interested in it. It's not fair to try to try to collapse a conversation about Ormus into a few minutes. You know, I, I've, no, I've read. It, 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 would, I, it would definitely get somebody interested in, in, in uh, learning more about it, pondering. Yes. It's a, it's a new class of element that uh, also hasn't, had much uh, devotion to in the uh, mainstream science part, but there's probably a good 30-year uh, history of uh, modern use and modern research in uh, Ormus. Does it have anything to do with burying horns in the ground on full moons? No. No. Okay. I mean, maybe that's a Rudolf Steiner thing. It works really. It works really well, actually. And there, there's a. Rudolf Steiner was was quite brilliant, incredible, yeah. creating biodynamics among other things. But uh, when it comes to Ormus, like I said, you want to uh, now everything exists in nature too, right? So if you go to a, so how do you find Ormus in nature? Well, again, you have to go to that place on the Earth or those places on the planet that have created a condition so that energy has been stopped or, or that it's been put into a state of uh, reduced, the entropy of that area has been reduced, so it's a stillness. So it's a, in this particular case, like a negative vortex in, in nature. You have different vortexes like you may be familiar with. Sedona has a number of vortexes. And you can mm -hmm. actually see that in the, in, by the trees nearby. They're all yeah. spiraled and curled. So there's these vortexes. Some vortexes spiral up some vortexes spiral down the ones that 
go down, even though you can't physically be on there for too long because it's actually <laughs> taking electrons and energy from you, but it creates a condition that allows stillness so energy bonds can be released. It's a negative entropy. So that's, that's, that, that is so important for us because like we were talking about the brain, how is it able to exist like a supercomputer and still stay relatively cool? Well, this has, this, this presupposes or this postulates or the premise here uh, is that we have this superconducting element inside of us and that, and that maybe we can put in more of it that would increase our ability to vibrate at a higher level. But that's the, that's the hypothesis and that's what, that's what uh, everything has shown to us is that we carry some of this very exotic matter, superconducting, exotic, high spin state, room temperature superconducting matter inside our very own brains and in our bodies. And so this is why people were interested in the gold juice or alchemy. Fascinating stuff. I, I might want to have you schedule again because there's a lot of other directions I want to go with this. And I'm, I'm um, so impressed and interested. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to put that off for another cool, day. Cool. No, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy talking with people about things they're interested in that I may know about. I just assume everybody already knows this stuff. Yeah, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Where, before I ask the last question, which is a fill in the blank, where where should people go? Based on the things that we've been talking about, uh, where would you direct them to go online? They can go to drinklightwater.com if they want to learn about uh, light water. And that's L-I-T-E, uh, L-I-T-E, light water. Drinklightwater.com. They can, uh, that that right there, I recommend everybody start with the history article on the website because it really puts you the time and place and why this is significant, what it is, who discovered it, how new it is, and just just should know the provenance of things. So start, but there's a bunch of science. So if you're interested in science, you can go to deuteriumdepletion.org, and it's got it's more for people that are researchers that want to see all the studies and see all of that. Then you can go to deuteriumtest.com uh, or you can buy a test on drinklightwater.com. You can do a before and after. You can do just after. You can pretty much assume what your deuterium level is. But after you start depleting by drinking deuterium-depleted water, you want to test yourself three months after or so to see that, it's, you know, that your levels are dr indeed dropping and so you can validate what you've been doing while you've been spending a lot of money on water. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you can also go to uh, Deuterium Depletion Summit. We do a comprehensive summit with uh, the world's leading experts in deuteronomics and uh, influencers in this space of uh, metabolic interventions and deuterium depletion. So that website exists. So there's a lot that we've been doing to put the word out about deuterium depletion. And then, of course, all the things that I do personally, like... like uh, Ormus, or uh, we have our other company that that uh, does hyperbaric chambers, and uh, but everything I do is you know for a longevity benefit for myself, and if I can share it with others, it's working for me. So you know, I like to share this stuff. 
Some of it yeah. is difficult to do. Some of it is not. You know, some of it is cheap. Some of it is expensive. But, but first and foremost, um, those are I. I don't. I haven't really made myself that available, except through Lightwater right now. So if you want to contact me, you can go to. You can also contact me there through our Drink Lightwater Instagram. So I, I've been very busy for last decade on research and personal growth and uh, um, and bringing products like this to the market because it's it's not easy now we also sell some other things on our in our store that that are uh, that are complementary because uh, I'll say it like this in in my lifelong desire to take the complex and distill it into a simple way that everybody can understand I've come to a very simple formula that will take care of 90% of what somebody may be dealing with, suffering from, or age being my primary concern that we constantly get older. You know, if, we, if being sick doesn't take us down, age eventually will. So it's about hydrogen, oxygen, the protein version of hydrogen, not the deuterium form. So it's about hydrogen and oxygen and the combination of the two. So we do everything uh, in, uh, in, in the community that, in, in my small group, uh, where it's about increasing the amount of hydrogen that you have, whether it's through inhalation or hydrogen tablets, increasing the amount of, the amount of minerals that you need to conduct your energy, increasing the amount of oxygen that your body can use and the amount of oxygen you have, and very simple things that would have come quite intuitively to our ancestors, but come unfortunately are not so intuitive because we've over-complexified, we've <clears throat> over-complicated, I guess is the right word, over-complicated the world. And so it really can be that easy. Just hydrogen, oxygen, and the combination thereof, and a couple other things. And I mean, if your ancestors never needed modern medicine and still lived into their 80s and yeah. beyond, then look at look at look at the hope and promise we have. Right. Yeah, I like that. Well, this is this is great. So we'll we'll conclude here with the. Uh, and I'll link to all of those sites uh, that you referenced uh, in the show notes. You guys can listen to this and just go click into the, the, the episode title and look at the show notes. If you, Victor, would please elaborate as much or as little as you wish on uh, the, the fill in the blank to this question. It can be based on anything and everything that you know, and, and, and you've done a whole bunch. So as much as you wish, fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. And then the fill in the blank. Yeah. Well, you don't need anything beyond that. You just need to put the period right there. <laughs> That's a first. That's a first, Victor. I've never, I've never heard anybody just say, put the period there. That's good. I like that. <laughs> well, phenomenal. This is so great. I, I, I really do want to have another conversation and go down in some other trails with you together. But uh, this is great information. Everybody knows where, where to go. Uh, to do some research, the website at uh, uh, at drinklightwater.com is really robust. There's a ton of information. Um, 
Victor, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you so much. So happy to participate.